Welcome Builders from Lakeland, Florida. This is the Build Your Success Leadership Podcast with your host, Brian Brogen. We're going to empower and equip you to build yourself and then build others. Now, let's build up with your host, Brian Brogen. Hello, builders. It's great to have you listen to this episode of the Build Your Success podcast. You know, we have this podcast so that you can learn and build a company, build a business, build your team members, whatever you're working on. We want to help you grow that organization, just do better in things. And and one of the things we do is have special guests. I am grateful today to have Chester Santos on the podcast. Chester is a world sought after speaker. He's a former software engineer that turned into an international speaker after winning the USA National Memory Championship. He's also the international man of memories. Got several CBS, NBC, a lot of different things you'd recognize as far as interviews go. And he's here on the podcast today. So welcome to the podcast, Chester. Thank you so much for having me, Brian. I'm really looking forward to talking with you today. You know, I've seen some of your YouTube videos and seen how you take this memory and use it and and show some really cool things to do with it. So we may get into some of that later. But I know that in business, a lot of times, you know, I've been to a lot of events where they they teach you to memorize someone's name, use some characteristic that you can say, oh, now I know this person's name. And we love to memorize people's names so we can talk to them and speak to them. Also, if you can ever memorize about some more things about someone, their hobbies or their family member's name. This memory thing is great, and you, you've got some great techniques. So, so tell us, number one, why memory is important to us in life in general and business specifically. Yeah, um, there are just so many applications uh, in terms of the benefits of developing powerful memory skills to business and personal life. Uh, you, you hit on one thing, their names, right? So you're really going to get much more out of business networking and really build better business, personal relationships with people in general when you remember their name and other things about them. Uh, This really shows that you care about them and then they become more interested in getting to know you and what you're doing better, right? Uh, This also increases your likability factor in business. So that's something I think might not be uh, readily apparent to, to some people. Maybe we don't think about that Uh, It's not at top of mind in terms of our progression in business or one's career, but that likability is a factor. So, you know, in the case of job applicants, uh, you know, it isn't always the most qualified applicant that gets the job. What if the one that was just a little bit less qualified but was more likable, a lot of times they'll end up getting the position. And that goes in terms of promotions, advancement. Uh, in one's career as well. So remembering names is going to be very important uh, in in many ways, I think, throughout your your business life and even in in your personal life. Yeah, and and Chester, there's something to be said about when someone speaks your name. It's it's, it's something you like to hear. I love to hear my name. I know you love to hear your name. I try to use people's names when I'm interviewing them on these podcasts. But I've been in that situation where someone I met maybe several years ago, and I'm impressed that they remember my face and my name. And, and after they do that, and I'm going, what in the world is this person's name? So it's kind of embarrassing that this person took the time to memorize my name and I didn't do the same for them. So how do you use, what's, what's a tip for using to memorize someone's name after meeting them? Yeah, so there are actually going to be 
three main principles that you're always going to want to keep in mind no matter the specific memory technique that you end up using and no matter the uh, specific information type. So these three main principles that I'll go over now will apply not only to names, but to later remembering presentations, processes, procedures, facts and figures to demonstrate that you actually know your stuff, better demonstrate your expertise, um, exam training material, it's just useful in so many ways. The three principles are number one, turn whatever the information is in some way into a visual because we're very good at remembering things that we see. So an example, let's say you go to a party, you're meeting a lot of new people at this party. Two weeks after it's over, you're talking with one of your friends that was there with you and your friend, friend says, hey, Brian, do you remember that attorney that was at the party a couple weeks ago? He's also a member of the golf club. As your friend goes through the description of the person, a lot of times you can picture who they're describing from the party, right? You might even remember what that person was wearing. Obviously, your friend can picture who they're describing, right? But neither one of you can manage to remember that person's name, and it's really frustrating to both of you, right? Uh, I think we can all relate to that. One other quick example, how many times have you been describing to a friend or family member an actor from a TV show or movie? As you're going through that description, crystal clear in your mind, you can picture the actor, your friend or family member can picture who you're describing, but neither one of you can come up with the name at the moment. You're both really frustrated, right? So those examples illustrate that when it comes to dealing with people, we tend to be pretty good at remembering the face, but we're not nearly as good at remembering the names, right? This makes sense when you think about it because when you are interacting with people in various ways, you actually see the face. The face is recorded into your visual memory, but the name is something much more abstract to the brain. So one part of remembering names is going to be turn the name into a visual. So if I'm meeting someone named Mike, I might picture a microphone. If I'm meeting someone named Alice, I might picture a white rabbit because that reminds me of Alice in Wonderland, right? So that's a big part. There's a little bit more to it. I'll get into names uh, in more detail maybe later on if there's time uh, and you want to cover it. But really, this introduces and I think better explains the concept of turning the information, in this case, a name, into a visual. Principle number two. After you have a visual, try to come up with, you know, try to use more and more senses. So add to that visual. Uh, if you're seeing the white rabbit, maybe imagine that you can smell the white rabbit or you are feeling the white rabbit, right? The fur or something like that. As you involve more in senses, when you're trying to encode something into memory, you are activating more and more areas of your brain and you're building more connections in your mind to the information making it easier to retrieve it later. So if people want to check it out at some point, I starred in an episode of PBS's Nova Science. Uh, my episode was titled, How Smart Can We Get? Or just Google, I'm Chester Santos and PBS, and I'm sure you'll find the clip. Anybody can watch it for free on the PBS website. If you check it out, you're going to see me performing what at first might seem like crazy memory feats, and then they had me train David Pogue. People might also know David Pogue from the New York Times and CBS News. Uh, he's a correspondent for the tech industry. I trained him on the show. After that was over, they had some brain scientists, neuroscientists appear on the show. 
And these brain scientists explain for people watching at home, okay, how did Chester pull that off? How did David Pogue do it with just a little bit of training? And the brain scientists confirm that it's because with these types of techniques that I've mastered over the years and that we'll talk a little bit about during the interview today, we're recruiting extra areas of the brain to help us. So areas of the brain that most people would never involve when trying to commit things to memory. With these techniques, we're using more of the brain and it becomes so much easier to remember. Part of this is learning to use more senses in order to activate those extra areas of our brain. So that's the second principle. And then the third and final thing to keep in mind that's really going to help you out in terms of remembering really anything at all is to realize that there is a psychological aspect to human memory. And that is all of us with putting forth little to no effort at all, we all remember things that catch us by surprise that are strange, extraordinary in some way, right? So Brian, right now, if this actually happens uh, at this moment, you know, in the room uh, that you're in right now, if an elephant suddenly crashed into the room and started spraying water all over you with its trunk, if that actually happened at this moment, you would probably remember that for the rest of your life. And tell that story even 30, 40 years from now. You're, not, you're never going to believe this. It was the craziest thing. I had this memory guy on my podcast. And during the interview, an elephant just crashed into my room, started spraying water on me. It might be stuck there forever without you even trying, right, to commit that to memory. It would just automatically stay there. So believe it or not, to this day, uh, scientists still don't fully understand exactly how that works in the brain. How sometimes in one instant, something will go straight into long-term memory, stay there forever, whereas other times, we might spend a lot of time trying to get important information to, into our memory, remembering important names, important training material, facts and figures related to our career, our business, right? We might spend weeks, months, and, and we have trouble with it, but other things go there permanently within one second because of the psychological aspect. All we need to do is realize that there is that aspect to how the mind works and we can harness it and then apply it to the, the things that would be very useful, like names to get more out of business networking, you know, maybe foreign languages, uh, anything at all, really. Well, that is amazing. And you covered a lot of topics in those three main principles that just astounding that, that we have that kind of capacity. And, you know, I think one of the great, inventors said if we used everything we we could we would astound ourselves and so to know that we have this capability something we need to work on and, and use so i love the fact that you talked about having this memory would help us in ex being an expert so knowing facts and figures i've seen that done i've seen some people get up and make presentations you're like man how does that guy have all that knowledge and, and he comes across as an expert because of that so i love the fact you brought that out I know it would help in presentations. You know, I've, I've been in presentations before. I'm actually a speaker too. And I forget one of my topics. I'm like, where's it at? Where did it go? And so I can see where that would be very beneficial. I know, man, I, I like to say I should have been from Missouri, the show me state, because I love to be shown things. So the visual aspect and, and thinking of it and, and creating a picture out of it, totally get that. New technique you you you're teaching me is these senses that to include in the imagination, not just the picture, but the feel and the, and the touch and the smell that, that maybe even a sound. So I, I'm going to definitely, I wrote that down. I'm going to use that. And so 
And then the third one, you know, I, you know, you think about these great catastrophes that happen in your lifespan, you know, for a previous generation, it was JFK and, and, and being on the moon. And for my generation, it's September 11th. It's the first Gulf war. It's, you know, now, now today we're going to know where we were at when, when COVID happened, you know, so there's all these catastrophes that just get committed to memory. You know where you were at, you know what you were doing on those dates. So great stuff, man. So how can we help our listeners with a few pointers, a few more tips on, on some things to do? Yeah. So you, you hit there on, you know, something else. It's the, a couple other things that are important really is presentations. Um, as you mentioned, when you reduce the amount of notes you're able to use, you're definitely a more effective, more persu- persuasive speaker. Also, this could apply not to just giving like a big presentation, but also meeting with clients, potential clients or colleagues, right? So I have been a one-man business now for 12 plus years and I've had to hire, uh, you know, attorneys, PR people, tech people to help me in, in various ways with different aspects of my business. And when I'm considering hiring someone, Granted, I'm on, on the extreme end of things given what I do, but if I meet with someone and they're answering a lot of my questions with, you know, I, I have done some work in that area, but I'm going to need to refamiliarize myself or let me do a little research and get back to you and then ask them something else and the same answer, uh, let me get back to you. I, I personally would never hire that person. Um, and on the other end, because I could just look things up myself, you know, why am I going to pay thousands of dollars for this project if this person's simply going to go, they don't seem to know the stuff. They're just going to go do the research. I could do that. I don't need to pay them thousands of dollars to do that. Right. On the other side, when I've met with someone and my impression was, wow, this person really knows their stuff. Like clearly this is the expert. I've gone out of my way in certain cases to pay even more than I originally budgeted for that particular project. Cause I want the expert, you know, I want someone that really seems to know their particular field very well. So memory skills can help you uh, with all of this. We hope you're enjoying today's podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Build Consulting Services. Are you ready to reduce workplace conflict, reduce employee turnover, and increase your productivity? If you're ready to put Brian to work for your company, give him a call at 863-800-9658 or email him at brianb at buildcs.net. Now, back to today's episode. Now, I had an exercise in mind that I think will, uh, I think after we go through this exercise, I'm going to put maybe a little bit of pressure on you here, <laughs> Brian, use you as the guinea pig and, and your listeners can, can follow along with exercise. But I, I want to do it just because I think it's going to really clarify how you could use this to memorize, you know, five, 10 th- key things about someone's company that you found out in, their re- in your research, five, 10 key things about their competitors, how your services can benefit them, right? To really, you know, demonstrate better your knowledge and your expertise and help with presentations and things like that. I think it'll become more clear. So I'm going to have you here try to memorize uh, a random list of words. The word list is going to be monkey, iron, rope, kite, house, paper, shoe, worm, envelope, pencil, river, rock, tree, 
cheese and dollar. Now that's the, the random list of words. Um, it might sound a little bit intimidating when I have live audiences and I can see uh, people's faces. Usually people look at me uh, during my presentations like, uh, you're a little crazy. There's no way I'm going to be able to remember that, not unless you give me a lot of time to do it. But definitely, Brian, you'll have this down and people following along that, that listen to this interview later will also have it down in just about three minutes. That's it. Um, what, what you'll need to do is simply just relax. Uh, that's a big part of memory. Try to relax, have fun with this. I'm just going to guide you through a visual. All right. That's going to be our approach rather than most people's approach when they have to commit something to memory. What do they do? They write it out over and over again, or they read it over and over again, recite it over and over until they feel that they've drilled it into their head, right? Rote memorization, it really isn't too effective, and definitely you aren't using the most efficient use of the brain with that particular type of, of approach. So instead, I'm going to guide you through an interesting story that will involve those three main principles that we talked about earlier. So they'll have visuals will involve some senses. Part of it's going to be seem really weird, or maybe the whole thing will seem weird. All right, so the first word was monkey. Brian, I'd just like for you to visualize in your mind a monkey. As best you can, just see this monkey. The monkey is dancing around. It's making monkey noises. Whatever a monkey would sound like, I'm working on my monkey impression, but the point here is to see and try and hear that monkey as well. The monkey now picks up a gigantic iron, maybe like you would iron your clothes with, and it's dancing around with this giant iron because that was the second word that I had given you. So just see that monkey's dancing around with the giant iron. The iron starts to fall, but a rope attaches itself to the iron. Maybe even feel the rope, really interact with it. Maybe it feels sort of rough, all right? That rope. You look up the rope, you see that the other end of the rope is attached to a kite, and this kite is flying around in the air. Maybe you try, you try and touch that kite. The kite, you see now, crashes into the side of a house. Really see it smash into the house. Picture that. The house, you notice, is completely covered in paper for some strange reason. It's completely covered in paper. Paper is the next word that I had given you, so really see the paper. Out of nowhere, a shoe appears, and it starts to walk all over the paper. Maybe it's messing it up as it's walking on it, that shoe. The shoe smells pretty badly, and you, you decide to investigate and see why. You look inside of the shoe, and you find a little worm, a smelly worm is crawling around, Inside of that shoe, really see the smelly worm was the word. The worm jumps out of the shoe and into an envelope or envelope. Maybe it's going to mail itself or something. I don't know, but envelope was next. Out of thin air, a pencil appears and it starts to write all over that envelope. All right, really see that pencil. Maybe it's addressing the envelope. The pencil now jumps into a river, and there's a huge splash. For some reason, when it hits the river, the river, you notice, is crashing up against a giant rock. Really see it crashing up against a giant rock. The rock flies out of the river. It crashes into a tree. This tree is growing cheese. 
probably haven't seen a tree like that. This one's growing cheese. And out of each piece of cheese shoots a dollar. The last word was dollar. Okay. That was it. You might already actually know all those words, but I'm going to run through this again in about 30 seconds. And your job as I go through it is just to replay through this little story that you've created in your mind. And people listening or watching this interview later, again, just follow along, try to review the story. We start off with the monkey. What was the monkey dancing around with? It was dancing around with an iron, okay? What attached to the iron? It was a rope, okay? You look up the rope, the other end of it was attached to what? It was attached to a kite. What did that kite crash into? It crashed into a house. The house was covered in something. What was it covered in? Paper. Something walked on that paper. What was it? It was a shoe. What was crawling in the shoe? It was a worm. The worm jumped into the envelope. What wrote on it? It was a pencil. The pencil jumped into the river. The river was crashing into the rock. That rock flew into a tree. What was that tree growing? It was growing cheese. And what came out of it, it was a dollar. So now it should be a lot easier to attempt to recall the entire random list of words all you'll need to do is play through that story in your mind. Each major object that you see will give you the next word. So go ahead, give it a try now, Brian. Take your time and try and give me all of those words if you can. Well, Chester, something my listeners will be familiar with is we try to keep things Brian-proof here. And I'm not sure that this one was Brian-proof, but we'll give it a try. Okay, okay. no problem. <laughs> so I'm going to start with the monkey. Yeah. And then uh, the iron, and the rope, and the kite, and the house, and the paper, and the pencil. So you're 100% correct up to paper. You, you had it perfectly. Something walked on the paper, though. It uh, was... There's a shoe. Got it. And then the, and then the um, pencil. And then... Uh, what was crawling in the shoe? Oh, the worm was crawling in the shoe, yes. Yes. Yep. And then the worm jumped into what? A river? Envelope. An envelope. Okay. Yeah. Now what wrote on it? Now we're back to the pencil. Got you. Okay. The pencil you got was it. the envelope and not the paper. Got it. I'm with you now. Okay. You got so it. then a pencil and uh -huh. then a river. Perfect. And a rock. Yeah. And a tree. Yep. And cheese. Yeah. And, and money or dollar. Got it. Dollar, man. Great job. Really well done there under pressure. You know, I just sprung that on you in the middle of an interview. So it makes it uh, a, a little bit tougher there for sure. But you only had a couple of minor slip ups there. Everything else you got right. So you got 12 uh, or 13 at least correct out of 15 by me just one time guiding you or a couple times guiding you through that story very quickly. I'm sure if you were to just replay through that story in your mind one or two more times, it would be flawless and you would be able to recite that very quickly, actually both forwards and backwards. Okay. So this is a really powerful technique called the story method. It's just one of many techniques that memory champions like myself use to pull off what at first seemed to people like you know, extraordinary feats of memory. So they, they've had me on a lot of different TV shows over the years, Science Channel, Discovery Channel, a bunch of different news programs in, in addition to the PBS uh, show. But there's nothing different about my brain compared to everyone else's 
you know, I've just learned these types of techniques that are powerful and effective. I've put in a little bit of training and practice. Everybody listening to the podcast today, everyone is capable of doing much more with their memory than they might currently think to be possible. You just got to learn these powerful techniques, put in a little bit of practice. This is going to give you a huge advantage in just about any career. It's going to be useful in your personal life. If you have any kids or grandkids in school, sharing these types of techniques with them will cut their study time in half, improve retention. Also, I think you can tell this provides a much more fun and interesting framework to use when you have to commit things to memory as opposed to just rote memorization, which is, isn't as effective. Um, and, you know, we went over some business benefits already. Uh, this, and especially in today's business world, is just a really huge competitive advantage because the average person nowadays, nowadays, let's be honest, the average person can't remember much at all anymore, right? We've become very dependent on these electronic devices. We are really in an age of perhaps dangerous digital dependency. Chester, this has been amazing. For the guests that want to take a deeper dive, how do they get in contact with you? What's your website? And uh, we'll be sure to put that in the show notes. But if you will, just mention that to our, our listeners. Yeah, so if people really want to go deeper with this training, I have an entire uh, online school that will go very deep into this. You'll learn foreign languages. I'll simulate introducing you to people so you'll get really good with names. You'll do sample presentations, training exam material, all sorts of things. Um, memoryschool.net is the URL. I would visualize a giant, like maybe fishing net, so you remember that it's .net. So memoryschool.net and I actually set up, in honor of being on your show, Brian, I set up code, coupon code Brian, uh, and I set it to be valid for 25 uses. I don't know how many people uh, might be interested in uh, checking out the memory school, but it should work for the first 25 people to use it. It will set the enrollment fee down to zero. So remember, code Brian at memoryschool.net. Well, that is amazing, and we thank you for that. You didn't have to do that, Chester, but our listeners are going to take advantage of that. I hope that you uh, run out of the uh, coupon code at 25, so that will be wonderful. And, and for the listeners, again, we'll put that, for those of you who haven't studied these memory techniques yet, with this will be in the show notes, everything he said. And I want you to remember to do something I've been asking you to do. Some of you said, you know, I need to do that, and you forgot. But today you learned some memory techniques. So if you will, go to whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on, and leave us a, an honest rating and review. Tell us how we can do better. Tell us what we're doing well. And help us grow this podcast. Share this podcast with others. It was great to have you listen to the Build Your Success podcast today. Remember to build yourself and then build others. Thank you. Want to learn how to build yourself and build your team? Visit www.buildcs.net and learn about Brian's programs, special offers, and more. Build yourself and then build others.